All right, we'll do our best. Do what? We'll do our best. All right, Edit you ready? Yep. You ready? <laughs> you just give yeah. me like a countdown. <laughs> okay, three, two. You're listening to All Things True. I'm your host, Cody B. Today, I am here with one of the best children's ministers I know, and I'm also here with Kim and Stephanie. How are y'all doing today? <laughs> doing great. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, what do you do here at Northside? I am the children's ministry coordinator. Children's ministry coordinator. coordinator. Kim, yes. what do you do here at Northside? I work with Stephanie, and I work in the office. You work with Stephanie in children's ministry, and mm-hmm. you work here in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't when I was in college. I focused mainly on youth ministry because I wanted to be youth minister. Now I then I was a pulpit minister, and now I'm a, I'm I'm a what am I now? Associate. I'm associate minister. minister. Welcome I couldn't to find North the side. word. I You've been here for five months. You know there wasn't. Have I? I don't know if it's been that long. Has it been a while? When did you know. get here? June? July? July. Four and a half months. Yeah. Um, and when I was in college, children's ministry wasn't something that a lot of churches were focusing on at the time. Um, it was basically just order material from whoever or create material from whoever, teach it to the kids, and then when they get into youth group, you can formulate plans and, and stuff. But that has changed drastically, um, in, in my opinion, from what I've seen in, in the small churches I've worked at here in Arkansas and in Texas. Um, so, I'm going to start with you, Stephanie. What is children's ministry? Children's ministry to me is making sure the children have extra resources in addition to what they're learning at home from their parents. Um, It's getting children together that are in the like minds, families of children that are in the like minds. Kim, what is children's ministry to you? Um, I kind of feel like it's where the foundations are kind of set. Obviously, you know, they're learning at home or they should be learning at home with their parents. But like, like you get to youth group and a lot of kids in the past, like they're not typically ready a lot, you know, like traditionally they get there and just like, oh, I've been doing Noah's, you know, story of Noah, story of Moses. And then you get up there and you're doing like big topic stuff. Now I feel like what we're trying to do in children's ministry is go a little deeper than just those little you know, like the traditional stories. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of where their foundation starts building. Mm-hmm. So. Foundation of faith, yes. foundation of, of believing that the yes. Bible is God's word, mm-hmm. a, fo- a foundation in Jesus Christ. We've been here at Northside, uh, I shouldn't say we, because this has been going on for two years now, a year and a half now, the, the Gospel Project. Uh, we will finish up third year, uh, the end of summer 2023. So, so two and a half years almost, they've been doing the Gospel Project where they 
take the children's ministry and the children's Sunday morning classes with conjunction of what Jim has been preaching on Sunday mornings, right? And getting, I guess, really going through the entire Bible? Yes, it starts in Genesis, and you have lessons every Sunday that takes you through the Bible in three years. And it is very Christ-centered. Um, it takes each lesson, and it's Christ-focused. Um, even if you're studying creation, it connects it to Christ. If you're in, talking about Moses, that there's a Christ connection in every lesson. And I really like that you're in an Old Testament scriptures, but you tie it to the New Testament. Yeah. And, and it, it's the reason I really like the curriculum that we've chosen is that be, um, just lost my thought. Hold on. You can edit this, right, and put it together? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can. Really, though? That was the opposite. You're doing great. Okay. What I like about the Gospel Project is that it's connecting. I don't even know where to start this at. We're going to start with they have made it easy to teach the entire Bible to kids, where in the past you had those traditional stories, you know, four or five stories, and everybody kind of just did those over and over and over and over. That's what was on the bulletin boards. That was, you know, you get a sub. Oh, we're going to do Noah's Ark again. Jim's preaching the same thing the kids are learning. So they're learning this in class. And then they can actually go listen and understand and connect what they learned to what Jim is talking about. So right. they made it easy for everyone to be able to learn. They work on that Bible. prior prior knowledge. Because right. prior knowledge is a, a big deal in education. Yeah. So they go to Bible class and they get this prior knowledge. Then they go to worship. And they listen to the sermon, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, we, they connect. And, mm-hmm. you know, they'll learn a little bit more from him. And, you know, any teacher, it's going to be a little different. Yeah. But the the big thing that the Gospel Project, it talks about one big story. There's mm-hmm. 66 books, but it's one big story. Um, and so I really love that. And it just ties it all together. And it's something that, I mean, I grew up in Bible class and, you know, all the stories, but never got the connection mm-hmm. that it's all one big story it's one mm-hmm. and it's christ focus the savior is coming and to save us and um it's i don't know i just love the gospel project it's hard i've been looking at some other curriculum and it's hard to it's hard to want to change from something mm-hmm. that's going so well mm-hmm. um like kim was talking about earlier Children's ministry is building on those basic principles, the basic foundation of your faith, and you've got to start somewhere. It's like last Sunday we were talking in third and fourth grade class, and we were talking about the Great Commission, mm-hmm. and we read the scriptures, and, and I said, can you do the Great Commission? Can you obey that command? And they were thinking, and they weren't quite sure what to say, and so I said, you know, what about when you started reading? What did you have to learn first? Words? Okay, before that, what did you have to learn? Letters? Okay, well, you've got your letters, then you had to learn the sounds, then you had to learn to sight words, and then, you know, then you could read, then you were able to read your Bible and learn, and, you know, same thing, the Great Commission. Who do you have to learn about first before you're baptized? Jesus. Do you know about Jesus? Yeah. And they just started telling me stories about Jesus, and 
and the excitement of these kids um have one little girl she said yeah jesus he had five loaves and two fish and he fed thousands of people and i was like that right there is children's ministry the excitement where jesus talks about be like the little children that's right so kim, i got a question for you kim mm-hmm. um what would you say to people who say one of two things either they say that you know the bible's too complicated for kids to understand or if they were to say something like you know sunday morning sunday morning bible class is really only to keep the kids busy so that we could teach their parents if you're not teaching the kids why are they going to want to be here when they're older you have to and right now while they're young this is prime time learning like their brains are sponges right now this is the time to start start that uh that learning process so i I think that's ridiculous that that has ever been a thing so and, and it has been i'm not just I know. making that no, up i, know. It has, I think has that's ridiculous yeah um children's ministry is not babysitting no right. absolutely not and these kids they want to learn mm-hmm. and they love it my almost four-year-old daughter comes in on sunday afternoon for lunch and i'm like what'd you learn in class and she will tell me she'll tell me who they talked about and like what they did and she her teacher miss tracy she loves her and she'll tell miss tracy did this and she let us do this and she like she tells me everything and like she's absorbing this and like i could go in right now and say what did you learn in bible class last week and she's going to tell me oh i learned da 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 so she's retaining this and this is not just her this is all these kids it's, it's important so what are the most important resources for a successful children's ministry? Volunteers. Oh. Volunteers, parental support. Yes. <laughs> if you don't have the backing of the parents and your elders and just like your church as a whole, if the want from your congregation for it is not there, then it's not going to be able to thrive because you can't do it alone. You said volunteers and parental support. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is what, what do you need your volunteers to do? As children's ministers and the children minister coordinator, what do you need volunteers for? Willingness, um, willingness to step in when help is asked, and it's not. And this is this is a struggle at every congregation. This is not this congregation. Every congregation you go to. It's a struggle. Working with volunteers is challenging. Um, because, like I said, you're not getting paid. It's a volunteer program. Um, but this is hard. This is a touchy subject. Yes, I? it's a touchy subject. But it's not that our volunteers are not volunteering. They are. But when you've got... Here at Northside, we've got cradle roll the babies through sixth grade in our children's ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how many classes that is. And then we have classes on Wednesday. And so it's not that volunteers aren't teaching. It just, it takes a lot because we have so many classes. And, um, And so it may take teaching twice a year, maybe every other quarter. Um, but that's what we need volunteers to do is it's not a one and done. Mm -hmm. I mean, and especially if you've got, well, I hate to even say that. But I'm, this is my personal feeling, and it may be wrong, but 
especially if you have two or three kids in the ministry, I think you ought to be teaching at least twice a year. Um, and it's a blessing. Teaching is a blessing. And I want these volunteers to realize that. Um, these kids, they just they just need the attention and the love. And when you give them the attention and the love, they will eat up, not eat up, but soak in, like you were talking about, they're like sponges, mm -hmm. all the information. And the saying goes, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing with these kids. Kim, what, besides teachers and teaching, what else do you need volunteers for in children's ministry? Oh, there's all kinds of stuff. Like our summer is completely different than the rest of the year. And we have to kind of have all hands on deck. So we have to have a lot of people like our summer blast we did last summer. You have to have your teachers, but then you have to have your games people, your snacks people. Like, you know, there, there's a hundred different places, you know, that we that we need somebody. So it's, that's a tough question. Because there's Bible camp. Camps, yeah. We have church camp, that's a big deal. We have beginners camp, mm -hmm. which that is, you have to have a ton of people there too, because those are kids that have never been to camp First or have only been, grade. yeah. So these are, you're like teaching them how to do this. So, and then you need like the supportive parents is ridiculously important to me because sometimes you walk out of a class and you can agree or not, but, and you're like, I'm not sure that went super well, you know? And sometimes I've done that. And then like literally the same day I've had a parent come up and be like, thank you for, you know, for teaching this class. Thank you for being that person for my child and it's like that changes mm -hmm. things, kind of gives you that shot in the arm that you need sometimes. So, because sometimes ministry is hard sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I wouldn't say sometimes, but well, yes. yeah, you know what I mean. But, and you know, I think a lot of people look at children's ministry and they think it is just babysitting and playing. It's not, <laughs> it's really not. Um, and I think, a lot of times it kind of gets downplayed. It really is like Stephanie and I put a lot of hours that we don't get paid for, <laughs> you know, and which is fine. We love it, but there's there's a lot more than people see. So we are grateful for the people who right. who help. Um, and we do have a lot of really great volunteers here at Northside that we are oh, absolutely. Super, super grateful for. The encouragement is absolutely is so encouraging. Yep. Um. <laughs> You know, with, with youth ministry, you have more than just Sunday morning Bible classes, Wednesday night Bible classes. You have trips, youth rallies, events. You know, we, we even talked about camp and VBS and Summer Blast already. Um, what are some other things y'all do with your children's ministry besides the camp and uh, Summer Blast and Sunday morning, Wednesday night Bible classes? Several years ago, um, we started planning a monthly event for, um, I would call it the tweens, the four through six grade. Yeah. Um, that's, they're not elementary babies anymore. Uh, here in Benton, middle school is fifth through seventh grade. And it's a little different, Bryant, I think. But anyway, but so for fourth, I have in children's ministry, babies through sixth grade. So I do, our tweens is fourth through sixth grade. And so it may be coming up to the building and playing ball or eating pizza, or it may be going to somebody's house for a Christmas party. 
or might go pay putt-putt golf one month. Um, and I think all those bonds that they make when they're together, it makes a difference when they get into teenage years. Mm -hmm. They've got someone, they've already got a bond made and they've got another like-minded person who they can lean on, who they can talk to. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like it makes a difference when they get up in the youth group. Absolutely. And so um, that's one of the activities we do. And then we do a trunk or treat in October. I don't think we mentioned that earlier. No. We also have the service project, the snacks. Yes. That's a huge um, one. January every year. This is going to be our third annual this coming January where we, we actually do it as a family thing. It's children's ministry, but it's children's ministry, the kids and their families. And we get, we collect snacks and then we put them together in little bags, tie them up and have a little encouraging note. And we give it to, we started out with Saline Memorial Hospital next door mm -hmm. to encourage their staff. Um, and it was during, was it the end of COVID, I it guess? Was, it was during, they're, like a lot of places were still shut down. Still shut day, down, yeah. right. And so they just needed, a sh like you're talking about, shot in the arm, a little, little encouragement, you mm -hmm. know, awesome. you're appreciated, you're doing a great job. Um, and so we did that the first year and it was fantastic. And so we had so many snacks donated and so many, the kids, the kids put the snacks together with their parents. And so we went we did Slee Memorial Hospital. We did all the nursing homes. We did several of the um, after hours clinics. Fire department. Fire, fire department. department. And yeah. then we ended up taking it to the schools, to the teachers. Mm -hmm. We had so many snacks donated and the whole congregation gets involved in it, yeah. bringing the snacks, and then the children and their parents put it together. And I love that service project. One, it's an encouragement to those people who need it. Because you know when you're exhausted and you're tired and you've been dealing with cranky patients mm -hmm. or cranky kids or cranky individuals because you're fire <laughs> or police, you know, sometimes you just need that little, oh, yes. that little note. You matter, yeah. you know. Love it. Um, and so it's great. The kids, they can pick up something off. It's like an assembly line. They can pick something off the table and put it in a bag, you know, and it's something they can do mm -hmm. and they are making a difference. Um, that's, this will be a third year, like I said, and it's yeah. one of my favorite things that we do. We also as a family. encourage them when Northside, like as a family is doing something. So like, um, the, um, the yard sale, Mm -hmm. The kids will come up, especially if they have an older sibling that's in youth group, and they'll come set stuff out, you know, for and like worth the yard sale for for free, really. And then, um, oh gosh, I had another one. What was we have another something? Oh my gosh, I can't think. It's all right. I was going to ask you this question because yes. you said earlier about, about the it. tweens. Yeah. Uh, the tweens events y'all do once a month that that it. Uh, Oh, how would y'all phrase it? It helps them get ready for a youth group? Mm -hmm. um, how? So like last week, or was it Sunday? Sunday afternoon, mm -hmm. um, the tweens went with the teens out to Corn Reed Christian Camp and they got to play kickball and they got to Devo and they got to do s'mores and stuff and they got to be with the teenagers. Um, it kind of helps them realize that the youth group is not like the youth room is not a scary place. The youth group is not a scary group yeah. of people because it's hard when you're, you know, well, you're going a, into seventh grade. You're a sixth grader going into seventh grade with 
older kids. I mean, it's intimidating. It's intimidating. I don't care who you so. are. <laughs> but it really does make a difference because the group that just came up, um, I feel like they didn't have any trouble, you know. And there, there were some siblings and stuff in there, but still, these were kids that knew most of them up there. They'd been with them. They'd done things with them. So it, it does make a huge difference with how comfortable they are. So, And y'all also did something interesting here when you're uh, sixth grade, seventh grade, summer. Just a little sixth graders are... Ah, I'm trying to get my words out. Mm -hmm. The um, sixth graders that are going into that summer mm -hmm. before the seventh grade year, mm -hmm. don't y'all move them up then, a summer early? We move them up at the beginning of the summer. That yeah. way they have the entire summer to kind of adapt to, get comfortable with, see them in action, see what I can get involved in. Um, that way when... It's time to actually, you know, move up at the beginning of yeah. the school year. They are already established, and it's yeah. not a scary thing, especially for those kids that are moving to seventh grade because some of them are going to different schools, so then you're going to different schools. You're going to a different building for the youth room. You're, it's it's a lot yeah. for a 12, 13-year-old No, kid, and so. that's, see, when you and Evan first told me that, and for those of y'all listening, uh, Kim is Evan's wife. Uh, Evan's the youth minister here. He did an episode on edutainment uh, back in our first season. But when Kim and Evan first told me that, um, I thought it was brilliant because, like she just said, when a kid goes from sixth to seventh grade, uh, there's already a whole lot of new things going on in their life. Mm -hmm. And they eliminated the, that August that youth group and church doesn't have to be that new thing. They're already comfortable right. with Evan yeah. mm -hmm. uh, by that point, which is, yeah. which is brilliant. Which we do have a um, sixth grade, I guess, graduation type party. Um, we just have an activity and a game. It's just introducing the sixth graders that are going into seventh grade to the youth group. So we do that and we feed them. So it's just another activity that we do. Um, it, it's about relationships, Cody. I mean, children's ministry, it's about relationships. Um, okay, so let's, let's bring it down to the, the individuals who are listening who aren't here at Northside. Um, can small congregations be effective at youth ministry or I'm sorry not youth ministry children's ministry and if they can how do they go about doing that because the, a lot of the trips y'all have talked about it takes money mm -hmm. smaller congregations don't have that money but they still have children who mm -hmm. need to be ministered to how does that take place I mean I absolutely think yes you can have a children's ministry a small congregation um, it goes and, back and, and not just a children's ministry a, an effective one. An effective one. Well, that goes back to the volunteers, though, and the help and the support of your your church family. Because you, whether you're in a thousand member congregation or a fifteen member, you, you if you don't have that support and that backing, you're not. I mean, you can't be effective. So, right. I, I mean, I mean, um, it's about relationships. Then, you know, in some, my classes that I teach we'll start the first 10 minutes of class and sometimes we're just talking about what they did last week. Tell me one good thing that happened today or one good thing that happened last week or, you know, it doesn't have to be one good thing. It could be just something positive, um, a positive question where what they're saying matters mm -hmm. and you're forming a relationship with them. And that's a big part of it is if you have a relationship with those kids, they're going to listen to what you have to say. Mm -hmm. And then I think, um, if you've got a smaller congregation, you just ask different people in the congregation, hey, can we come over for cookies Sunday afternoon? Or, 
play some ball in the backyard. I mean, you don't have to have a ton of money to do that. And everything doesn't have to be grandiose. You know, everything, like you, you hear an idea and you're like, okay, I have six kids in my congregation. How can you adapt that idea to work for your situation? Right. So everything, like everything doesn't have to, like she said, you can go have cookies at an elder's house, you know, in Devo. You can, uh, if you want to do a service thing, you can get some notes and have them write them to teachers at the elementary school, you know, whatever. There are all kinds of things you can do, you know, to, to work with, with your, your group size. So. And when you're in a smaller congregation, I realize that you've, you don't have a lot of one age group. Sometimes you may have a six-year-old, a 10-year-old, and, yeah. you know, in the same class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can find things like that service project, writing the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you can be creative, and there's things that kids can do. And, you know, I talked about the, the cookies, brownies, or whatever. Um, another one would be get together and play board games. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. sit down That's and play Uno. One. That's what we do at Perryville. Um, being being together is essential. Yes. Being you, together yeah. is the key. Yes. Being together to build relationships mm-hmm. and being together outside of Sunday morning, Sunday yes. night, and Wednesday Absolutely. night. Absolutely. Look how many times in the Bible it talks about they sat down at the table and reclined together. Mm. I mean, a lot. I, I think that we need to look at those examples of being together, um, sitting down at a meal together, whether it's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, that it's it's relationships that's where those the deeper re- relationships happen so you can be a great sunday school teacher but if they don't know you they don't respect you you don't know them you can't effectively teach them mm, so if you're right. meeting with them you know and having those one-on-one you know or small group conversations and getting to know them and knowing their hurts and their problems and their joys and and being able to be that person that they can come up and say, Miss Stephanie, I got an A on this test, you know, and you're like, oh my goodness, great job. If, she, if they don't have that relationship, they're not going to tell her that, you know yeah, what I mean? That's right. So she can't rejoice with them that they got an A on that test. But then taking that back to the classroom, she can teach all day long and they're like, you know, why do I need to listen to you kind of thing? Because right. if you don't have their trust, nothing's, nothing's happened, nothing's moving. If you're listening to this conversation, this podcast, um, and you're at a small congregation and you're having trouble coming up with ideas, I want to encourage you to, to email me uh, at cbradford at northsidecofc.info, cbradford at northsidecofc.info. Uh, e- email me your questions, and, and if I need help, I, I work with these these two uh, with me every single day. Mm-hmm. They see me. <laughs> It's a joy. <laughs> yep. She said that as she rolled her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joy. It's a joy, she said. But no, it, and if you're having trouble coming with the ideas, they, they don't have to be complicated. They can be yeah. simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I worked at small, smaller. I don't view Northside as a small congregation. One time you called the medium-sized con- congregation, Stephanie. Did and I? I looked at Allie like... <laughs> This is to me. This is massive. I guess yeah. I was talking about because you hear these mega churches, and compared uh, to mega to, church, to me this not, feels like a mega church. Does it? Okay. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe it is, but yeah, I guess right. because I grew up in a congregation that was similar in, in the yeah. size, and so that that's what I know. Oh yeah. So. I didn't. I grew up <laughs> in a smaller church. We didn't have like 
a ch we didn't have a children's minister or a youth yes. minister. We had parents that volunteered, yes. and and that was all the way through youth group. We had deacons that stepped up. We had parents that stepped up, and they would do those outside events, and they would teach the classes. And I rem like I know stuff that I was taught. I remember you know being taught specific things, and I, I went to a class that two deacons, um, the Clay brothers, love them. Um, they taught a class on Acts, and it was to a pretty vast age group, you know, and my freshman year of college, I had an Acts class, and I came home and I was like, Jeremy, I only passed this class because of the class that you taught me. And he was like, dang, good, you know, that was, all, and it, it was awesome. Yeah. And like, there are things that I know because of these people that put the time in, you know, so, um, and again, that goes straight, that went straight through graduation. Coach Treadway put so much time into the youth there uh, for the longest time, so uh, it matters. People, the volunteers, the, the people matter. And you don't have to be a Bible scholar. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's right. Nope. I am not a Bible scholar. Nope. I love the Lord. I love children. Yep. And they ask hard questions sometimes. And sometimes you have to say, you know what, let me, let me figure it out for you and we'll talk about this later. And that goes straight up to when Evan says, put a pin in it, Will Gist, he put a pin in it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so sometimes, I mean, it's okay to say, I don't know, let me find out, you know. What advice would you give a congregation building or rebuilding its children's ministry? Stephanie. Rebuilding its children's ministry. <coughs> um, Kim. That is really a hard question because even re rebuilding, like if you're brought in to do, you know, to, to figure out where the problems are and to kind of build it back up, you're still going to run into well, this is what we've mm. always done, or so-and-so didn't do it this way. So it's it's hard because you can't please everybody. You know what I mean? And sometimes what you see needs to be done or think needs to be done is not what always, you know, tracks with everybody. So it, need, it doesn't all need to be all at one time. It needs to be baby steps, little changes. And it's not all about you. Mm. You have to ask and you have to figure out what the need is not just what you want but what is going to be best for the entire ministry as a whole great stuff kim because so. that that what you said applies to every rebuilding of any ministry whether it's you know pulpit youth uh children's whatever yeah. um be flexible mm -hmm. listen mm -hmm. just because you have an idea doesn't mean the congregation's ready for the idea. Yeah, not yet. I mean, it also, it doesn't yeah. mean it's a good idea. That's true. Be humble enough to realize that yeah. some of your ideas are bad ideas. Stephanie. Yeah. Don't focus on your numbers either. Ooh. That That is one of the biggest things I've learned is who's there. Focus on those who are there. Absolutely. Pour yourself into them. And continue to pray and yes, you want more people to come. You want, but don't focusing on. Oh well, I had two kids in class. You okay? had two kids. In you class. had two kids That's in class awesome. that yeah. you shared the 
the word with. Yeah. I mean, um, that's that was kind of a not a hard lesson to learn, but a kind of a aha, uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, and it's hard not to get discouraged in those situations, but right. And, you know, make a connection with parents, you know. Um, we were sending cards to kids, and we need to get back to that. We hadn't done it in a while, but um, I think that matters too. Just the kids matter. Let them know that. Mm-hmm. So. My wife is notorious. We, we do Christmas cards every year. When she addresses the Christmas cards to a family with kids, she doesn't write it to the parents. She writes it to the kid. Aww. So it's like the kids are getting mail. I love mm-hmm. that. She loves. She's, she's just. So good. She yeah. She thinks about stuff like that. Aww. Well, I think she's right in that. We recently did a thing downtown. Do you have an apostrophe? No. Oh, he gasped. Okay. I had an idea of what something we need to do here at church, <laughs> but go ahead. Okay, we're gonna edit this. Are you ready? Yeah. So I think. Well, we edit that. I don't know. What Ellie. What Allie said about uh, writing it to the kids. Yeah. We recently did a thing called Ghost Town downtown Mm -hmm. where different churches and businesses, they had booths set up and they gave out candy. Um, And in addition to the candy we gave out, we gave out a a card that had Northside's, had a Q&R code on it that went to Northside's website. And I would hand the card to the kid and I say, now Miss Jeannie, she's got candy for you and I have you an invitation. This kid's got eyes got so big, I got an invitation. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna call it an invitation every time and I did. And those kids were so excited that they got an invitation. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was big to them. And then they went immediately to their parent and was like, I got an invitation. Now they were, one kid said, what's the invitation to? I said, come to see us at Northside Church Christ. We'd love to see you. And, you know, the parents were smiling, the kid was smiling, and so, I don't know, it was just really neat. They want to, they want to matter. Yeah. And so the card, like you're saying, Allie sending it, the Christmas card to the kid, well, this invitation went to the kid, and I don't know. You made it special for the kid. Yes. Um, Kim, any final thoughts before we close out? Um... The, the kids matter, you know, and their their walk with Jesus matters. And like Stephanie was talking about, you know, their, their Great Commission lesson and stuff, they invite their friends to class. We have a family here that's here because, you know, my 10-year-old invited his friend. And there are others like that. And encourage your kids, bring them to church, bring them to class. You know, it, it's important. Um, if you don't make it important now, it's not going to be important when uh, when they're older. So be here. You know what I'm saying? Just I know here. what you're saying. Final thoughts, Steph. Children's ministry is important. Um, spend time with kids. Get to know them. Don't just walk into class and do your lesson and be gone. I mean, spend some time getting to know these kids. These kids are bright. They are so smart and they are spiritual. And it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. These, I mean, you're gonna have your Sundays or Wednesdays where the kids are off and, 
but for the most part, I'd say 98% of the time, I love it. It's the highlight of my week mm-hmm. being with these kids. And they'll shock you sometimes what they'll say. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes good and sometimes bad, but a lot of times it's just like, wow, mm-hmm. that is such a spiritual thought. And just, yep. they're brilliant. They matter. Yep. And it matters. The church matters. Absolutely. Children's ministry is too important. Yep. Don't put it on the back burner. Kim, Stephanie, thank you all so much for being with us here today at All Things True. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, you can email them to cbradford at northsidecofc.info. That's cbradford at northsidecofc.info. Thank you so much again for listening. And remember, all things were made by him. Thank you.